0: Up world, it's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On to get ten dollars off your next order. Today's episode is also the latest installment of the Lockdown Blazers 2019-2020 season wrap-up. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at their season in Portland. We'll start by looking at their performance this past season, review where they landed in terms of the best-case and worst-case scenarios that I laid out way back in September 2019, a year ago at the start of training camp for this season. And finally, we'll close the show looking ahead to the upcoming year And the role and expectations for the 2020-2021 season. This is our seventh installment of the season wrap-up. So if you've missed any, make sure you check out your podcast feed. Start catching up today. This episode is all about Anthony Simons. Ant appeared in 70 of the Blazers' 74 regular season season games this year. Including four starts in his second NBA season. He averaged 8.3 points. 2.2 rebounds and 1.4 assists in 20.7 minutes per game. Shot 39.9% from the floor and 33.2% from the three-point line. Prior to the hiatus in March, Ant played in every single game save one. He sustained a concussion on February 7th against Utah and missed the following game against Miami. But other than that, he appeared in every single game. He was part of the plan every single night. Scored in double figures in 26 of his 70 appearances, including two games where he topped the 20-point mark. November 10th against Atlanta and February 12th at Memphis, where he scored a season-high 22. He logs his first and only career double-double. Ooh, that sweet, sweet statistical symmetry that you crave. When he had 15 points and 10 rebounds at Utah on December 26th. Merry Christmas to Anthony. Prior to that, and nearly had a signature moment when he hit a would-be game winner on November 22nd at home game against Philly. Damian Lillard found him in the corner for what was supposed to be the game-winning 3. The only problem was there was a little bit of time left and the Blazers had to play defense and y'all, the Blazers aren't particularly good at defending the three-point line and they gave up a buzzer beater to Furkan Korkmaz. Simes' clutch moment was lost to the annals, of course not to be forgotten here by Locked On Blazers. That's what we do, we remember stuff. The Blazers cleared the roster, didn't sign any veteran guards outside of Kent Bazemore in order to let Simons have this spot, have this moment, have this shot at playing time. One way to guarantee that Terry Stotts plays dudes is to not give him another choice, and that's what Neil Olshey did. He said, you got Damon CJ, you have Kent Bazemore, and you have the only other guard on the roster is Gary Trent Jr., who coming into training camp, if you recall, was a a developmental piece was was well behind Anthony Simons in terms of the franchise pecking order and the franchise preferences for development. That certainly changed. I've already done my season wrap-up on Gary Trent Jr., so if you don't remember what happened to him, there's a podcast in your feed waiting for you to spoil it. However, like I said, Ant was part of the plan. They cleared the roster. He played every game prior to the hiatus, but after the season was cut short in March or postponed in March, only to be brought back at the end of July in Orlando. Things done changed for Anthony Simons. By the time the Blazers got to the bubble, Stotts had shortened the rotation and Gary Trent Jr. was formerly entrenched as the young guard off the bench who was going to play in an eight-man rotation. Simons only really played in three of the eight Blazers' seeding games. He technically appeared in five. Y'all can double check that one on me, but in two of those, he played less than two and a half minutes. So in three games, he actually played in Orlando. Let's look at his real minutes. He averaged 2.3 points and shot 33% from the floor in 14.9 minutes. He shot like an unknowably bad 16% from two point range in the bubble. Uh, this is a really small sample size, certainly, but in, not, in, in all those three games, Simons failed to make a second field goal. He made one basket and not a second one. Those games were both not statistically significant and not good. I think both of those things are true, right? He didn't play well and he didn't play much. He didn't give us like all this big data to pull from. But even in the tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of data in the bubble, Ant didn't look good. He had dropped out of the rotation and then never really gave us that moment where we are like, he should come back. Simons didn't play in Game One against the Lakers in the playoffs, but he did get swapped into the starting lineup after that opening game and averaged 6.8 points, 2.8 rebounds, and 2.5 assists in 20.5 minutes over the final four games. Blazers needed offense; uh, Ant was going to be that you know sort of another spacer, better offense to try to try to figure out a way to get more scoring on the court against the Lakers, who kind of bottled the Blazers up for the most part. And for the most part, I mean all of the games except for game 1 and the first three quarters of game 5. And didn't play particularly well against the Lakers either, but he did make some three-pointers, 6 of 14 from deep. That's 43% from the series. That's exactly what the Blazers called on him to do. That's what they needed from him and he delivered at least in a very in a very small way, but a, a real way. He did the thing that they asked him to do. Hard for you to knock him for doing that. On the whole, Anthony Simons was not good. I don't think we should sugarcoat it. I don't think we should uh, put on our rose-colored glasses. We should call a spade a spade. He was not good. In fact, Simons ranked dead last. That's 138th among all shooting guards in the NBA last season according to ESPN's Real Plus Minus metric. That's just one advanced stat, but others like it aren't particularly kind to Simons. And to be clear, it's not like his traditional statistics suggest that he was good. He was bad when you measure it in sort of basic counting numbers. His field goal percentage was low. He'd didn't score a ton of points and he was bad when you look at these all-in metrics he just struggled it's real he was 20 years old all season long and 20 year olds with very limited NBA minutes typically struggle that's what happens it's not a surprise Simons wasn't very good nor do I personally find it particularly alarming but the Blazers organization pretty clearly thought he was going to be good and he wasn't we'll talk about what's next for Simons in the third segment but for now let's leave it at this the Blazers thought Simons was going to be just a really solid NBA player this season. At worst, they cleared out a bunch of time for him to be their, you know, the third or fourth guard in the rotation, the second first or second guard off the bench, a guy who played every single night, and in fact, they played him every single night. They planned on him being a big-time contributor. He wasn't. I don't think we need to belabor that too much, but in the second segment, I want to talk about where we thought Simons was going to be this time last year back in September 2019 I laid out the best case and worst case scenarios for everyone on the roster I gave a best case and worst case scenario kind of the polls of what their season could look like on either end for everyone on the roster including Simons so in the second segment I want to revisit that and and talk about where he landed based on the expectations that we had a season ago Oh right. So we look at Anthony Simon's 2019-2020 season. Let's keep it moving with our lockdown Blazers, player capsules, our little wrap-ups. Back in before training camp started for this the longest season in NBA history, I did the best case and worst case scenarios for everyone on the roster. I just set up basically two polls. The best the best possible outcome and the worst possible outcome and moved from there to try to figure out what we could what we should expect reasonably for every player on the roster. So what I want to play you now is what I said about Anthony Simons a year ago. He was a very hyped rookie heading into training camp and through training camp. So let's revisit that with a little bit of audio from Michael from the past and find out where Ant landed. The best case for Anthony Simons is that Neil Olshay is right. Let me play you a little clip from Neil this summer at uh, on draft night. Uh, the Blazers had just drafted Nazir Little, and a media member asked about the Blazers' development program and how are they still confident that they can kind of develop guys behind the scenes. And unprompted, Neil launched into this, talking about Anthony Simons. Again, not the subject of the question or someone who had been drafted that night, but Neil just couldn't help himself. Take a listen. I think you guys will see that um, kind of a remarkable transformation of Anferny. You know, it's kind of all coming together for him. I mean, he's he's as talented as anyone we've ever drafted since I've been here uh, in terms of nat- just natural gifts. I mean, he's not the player Damon CJ was, but in terms of just natural God-given basketball ability, Anfernee's as gifted as anybody I've ever drafted. So, um, you know, we're expecting big things from him, and I don't want to hate too much pressure on him, but when we watch him on a daily basis, we say things, you know, you guys just don't have the luxury of having that kind of access. And I cut Neil off because he's kind of filibustering about uh, Nazir Little and what media members can see, but the best-case scenario for, for Amphrey Simons is that Neil's right, is that he's the best basketball player neil olshay has ever drafted the guy who drafted eric bledsoe and damian lillard and cj mccollum that anthony simons is that now i don't think anthony simons is going to be that next year and i don't think any best case scenario involves him being an all-star level player but the best case for the blazers and for simons in year two his first year having a real role, is that he's ready to go and ready to play and that he's an NBA-level contributor right off the bat. The Blazers have cleared the blocks for him to play. They've gotten rid—they didn't sign an, a backup point guard. They've gotten rid of guards in front of him. They only really added one guard to the roster this summer in, in Kent Bazemore. They have created room for him to play as the third and fourth guard off the bench, or excuse me, in the rotation. So the best case is that he's ready. Is that the the quick crossover and the sw- sweet shooting stroke we saw very brief glimpses of as a rookie comes in and is real in year one. The best case scenario is that he can play in a three guard lineup next to Damon C J. That he can play with the Blazers' two best players. And the best case scenario is that instead of remembering game eighty two becomes part of the legend, and not the only story you know about Amfordy Simons, but part of his larger story for a guy who had a breakout season, came sort of out of nowhere, and is another one of these Neil Olshe scoring guard draft picks, the type of player he seems to really be able to scout that works out and can just go get buckets in the NBA. The best case for Anferty Simons is that he's ready to go, because the Blazers certainly think he's ready to go. What's the worst case for Anthony Simons? I think it's pretty simple. It's that he needs more time. It's that 135 NBA minutes, a couple summer league action, and a bunch of really impressive moments behind the scenes in the gym don't translate to him being an NBA player yet. The worst case is that, like a lot of 20-year-olds throughout the country, throughout the universe... Anfrey Simons isn't ready to play big minutes on a playoff team. And that worst-case scenario kind of has a domino effect. It means that the Blazers have to put Kent Bazemore at shooting guard a bunch. And that Bazemore is the guy soaking up 25 minutes off the bench. It means that Mario Hazonia has to slip down in that backup small forward spot because the Blazers need two wings to come off the bench to help. And it means that now the Blazers, who are already a little bit thin and confusing at power forward, have to fill in behind Simons at spots they're thinner at and spots they're worse at. The worst case for Amphrey Simons is that when the Blazers roll him out there, he doesn't look like the Game 82 smooth shooting ace. He looks like a rookie or someone who just doesn't have NBA experience trying to still figure out how it works thanks to michael from the past for that audio i think it's pretty clear that anthony simons nailed his worst case scenario right to be clear through no fault of his own he was overhyped by the blazers organization neil olshay could not help himself and put simply too much outside pressure on simons now i don't i am not under the Belief that the sort of hype got to Simons, but it's true that when you have hype and you don't live up to it, that expectations paint our perception of guys. Simons, in some ways, looks like he had a worse season because he was expected to have a better one. If he was just a normal year two 20 year old in the league, you'd say, You know, I think he can help. What it would be wouldn't it be great if he could help this year? But instead, he was the most talented player that Neil O'Shea's ever drafted. The most talented basketball player he's ever drafted in his 15 years around the league or as a decision maker in the NBA. That stinks for Simons. That stinks for him. I feel for him because that that those things are... He didn't ask for that. But in any case, for our purposes, he didn't hit his, his best case scenario because his best case scenario was that he was... Res- maybe not a star, but like a borderline NBA starter and a really solid player. And what he was, was kind of a guy like a little bit out of his depth. He was, he had moments, but he mostly had moments where he just didn't look like he could play. His shooting percentages were way down. He was a guy just, just given too much of a responsibility, given too big of a role. It doesn't, necessarily suggest that he can ever have a large role, but there's, it's undeniable that the 2019-2020 version of Anthony Simons was not ready for this large of a role. So what's next for Ant? That's what I want to answer in the third segment. I think we know that he didn't live up to the expectations. I think we know that the expectations were unfair and too high through, like I said, through no fault of Simon's zone. But Simon still figures to be a big part of the roster next season, a big part of the rotation. The Blazers drafted him and hyped him up, not with the plan that he would have one good season, but that he would have many. So what's next for year three for Ant? That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But first I want to tell you all about Bill Bar. You know Bill Bar? It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Simple as that. It just tastes really good. The folks over at Bill Bar they made a delicious bar. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Got that candy bar-like quality. If you've tried other protein bars, you know that they can be dry, a little mealy, not exactly delicious. Well, that's not what Bill Bar is. Bill Bar is, as they call it, even deliciouser than before. Deliciouser, that's in the ad copy for real. They've got... Like I said, 18 amazing flavors. That's their 12 originals plus six new ones. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bars, you, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Doesn't that sound good? Well, here's why it gets even better. Because in addition to being delicious, they're also good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So get your hands on some of these delicious bars. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for $10 off at builtbar.com. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Talked about Amfree Simons 2019-20. We revisited his best-case and worst-case scenarios that I laid out back in September 2019. But now it's September of 2020. It's time to look forward. What's next for our man Ant? What can we expect for a year three? Well, first of all, th- I think the role should be addressed first. I do not see Ant getting relegated to to what he was during the playoffs. There has been some speculation from smart people and big voices like John Hollinger and Jason Quick of The Athletic that the Blazers might target a veteran backup point guard. I'm not saying that they're wrong, and I'm not saying that that could, hel- could help. I just don't think based on what we've seen from the way the blazers make decisions in the past that a veteran backup point guard is a target they're going to sign i think they're going to sign wingy types shooting guards small forward for power forward types and they're going to roll with dame cj gary Trent jr and ant i really do i might be wrong hollinger was the first guy to tell me that gary Trent jr was better than anthony simons i didn't believe him hollinger was right the whole time quick has been covering the league and this and the blazers for almost 20 years These two dudes know what they're talking about. I just happen to not be agreeing with those two dudes. Like I said, big voices, smart people. So I think Ant still has a role. I think he'll be pretty clearly the fourth guard when last year I think the Blazers tried to imagine him as the third guard and even stack the deck for him to be the third guard. So that's a role. Now we need to talk about expectations. The expectations were stupid high. And I think um, in part because of the sort of new media landscape, where just in general, there's less access and there's less there's less standardized interviews. I think we'll hear less about Ant. And I also think the Blazers are going to be much more cautious in what they say about hyping up their prospects. I think they got a little too far out in front of their skis. And my my assumption is that they have learned. I don't know that, but that's my assumption is that they have in some ways learned from these mistakes. So what are the expectations? They're, they're not going to get... They're not going to be super loud, but they're still going to people still expect stuff, even if Neil Olshea isn't yelling about most talented draft pick of all time or whatever it is. I why I don't think it's time to give up on Anthony Simons is because the Blazers have a track record of letting guys develop behind the scenes for two years and turn into NBA players sort of out of nowhere in year three i think that was the plan with gary trent jr and in some ways the four-month break from march until when the bubble started gave gary trent jr that second nba offseason second real nba offseason to get him to quote unquote year three and have him take that huge jump like he did in the bubble but it wasn't a traditional offseason it wasn't the full offseason they weren't preparing for a whole new year it, it, it wasn't a it Year three is still year three, even if you get that extended break. And and guys, the Blazers have developed, have have made big jumps in year three. Alan Crabb went from a guy who played 13 minutes a night and was a spot starter to a guy who played in 80 games. He went from averaging 3.3 points in year two to 10.3 in year three. And sure, he played twice as many minutes. He went up from 13 a game to 26, but his field goal percentage went up His three-point percentage went up. He was more efficient with a bigger role because the Blazers had developed him and made him to an actual NBA player between years two and three. Pat Connaughton played 39 games in year two. In fact, in years one and two combined, Pat Connaughton played 63 total games. Then in year three, he played 82 games every single game that year in 1,500 minutes. He hadn't even played 500 in his first two seasons combined. Now his he was so good in his uh very small sample size of year two that he, he actually shot you know 52 percent from three in that year two year but so his shooting percentages didn't go up the same way as crab but he went from not being an NBA player a, a small minutes contributor to a a dude who could play 1500 minutes who could play uh in all 82 games who was who was a real contributor on a team that made the playoffs take for instance Jake layman a guy who played 70 games combined his first two seasons and then 71 in year three. And all of a sudden he was a dude who could play every single night. He went from just a shade over 400 total minutes to 1,300 minutes in year three. He shot Under 30% from the field in his first two years combined, and then 50% from the field in year three, he was all of a sudden a great cutter, a dunker, and someone who understood the offense. The Blazers have a track record of getting guys into the system and developing them into real, useful basketball players. Now, I'm not predicting a major jump necessarily for Simons. I just think he'll be better. I think he'll have a better understanding. The Blazers don't really believe in on-court minutes necessarily being the best way to develop guys. The three guys I mentioned, crab Connaughton and layman are perfect examples of guys who develop behind the scenes without minutes. Simons has the benefit of having played a bunch, having already been a dude who was a big minutes player in year two and so he'll have that valuable on-court experience to know how it all works plus he'll get a truly invaluable second real off-season after being an NBA player to come out and be a a legit contributor in year three. I think Simons can be an um, NBA rotation player in year three. I don't think it's crazy to think that. I think it's crazy to call him the most talented player Neil Olshay has ever drafted. Neil Olshay drafted the best player in Blazers franchise history. I think we should lower expectations of Simons turning into a star. Uh, oh, to be clear, Olshie isn't the only one who hyped him up. Evan Turner told me off the record and then later on the record in stories that I wrote that Simons was going to be really, really, really good. I tend to believe players before I believe GMs that drafted said players. So I'm going to hold out some positivity. I think that Simons can be an NBA player. I think that Simons can be an NBA contributor. I'm going to say he's short of a star. This isn't an all-star in the making. It's not even going to be the best third-year guard on the Blazers roster. But the idea, my expectation is that Simons is a is a average to slightly above average bench player in the NBA. A guy who can play. That's what I think. This year, make no mistake, he wasn't that. He was a below av- well below average bench contributor. I think he can step up into being useful. And that's a reasonable expectation. Neil, if you're listening, that's how you pump a guy up. You say, hey, he can be fine. He can be fine. You don't use superlatives. You use the word fine. You use the word decent. You use the word helpful. Neil, that's a little tip for you. Thanks for listening. And for all you non neil O'Shea's out there, thanks for listening too. Like I said, this is our seventh installment of the season recaps. We got player capsules for six other players in your podcast feed, and we got more coming later this week. We also got Mailbag Monday coming on Monday. If you want to get involved with that listener-submitted-questions episode, you can email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com, or just tweet at me at MikeGRich. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.